Amen. A little different being up here than being down there, but we're doing some recording tonight for, uh, for other purposes. So aren't you glad that you're at a church that's absolutely on fire and in love with Jesus and praise as much as we do and it's kids ministry and youth ministry and adult ministry. It's anybody and everybody. It's a whosoever will kind of moment. <laughs> I believe that's the day we're living in. It's a whosoever will. Would y'all look at my Bible? Yep, would y'all look at this thing? This thing is falling apart, but thank God my Bible's falling apart. It means my life doesn't have to be. Corey got it. <laughs> Honored to be able to stand in front of you again tonight for part two, I guess, of uh, Echo Heaven. If you got your Bibles, go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We'll pick right back up where we were a couple of weeks ago on Wednesday night. Just got back in from Arizona and came back home to uh, our favorite place to be on the planet. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd rather be here and in that water more specifically. 1 Samuel chapter 3. If, if you have a copy of the book and you've started reading it, uh, I just want to make sure that you know that we are aware that there are some errors in the book. There are some, uh, obviously, I am no scholar. I didn't, I didn't grow up thinking someday I'm going to write a book. That was never on my radar. Um, reading was one of my worst subjects in school. Recess was my best. <laughs> Just under that was lunch. Uh, study hall. <laughs> I was not a very good student. Um, but by his grace, he changes and uh, helps us. When we are weak, he is strong. So... Um, took five years to write the book, not because it's that long. I mean, you can see how small the book is. It's just sometimes in ministry, our lives were just so um, engulfed with being on school campuses. I mean, there was times I'd be at a school campus at 6.30 in the morning, uh, minister there at the schools and get into the church office around 9. And then, uh, especially on Wednesdays, youth service at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights and we would typically get out around 9, 9.30, and then you go home, and sometimes you repeat it the next day. And, um, but we loved it. We were always at a football game, a track meet. Uh, we were always doing something with students uh, 18 years and, and absolutely did it full throttle. So um, there wasn't a whole lot of time to sit down in front of a laptop or you know, get a pen out and find a journal and write some things down. So I would just have to do it in bite-sized portions. But thank God it got done anyway. It doesn't matter how quick, how fast, as long as you get there, amen? So, um, but, but if you do have the book, you'll see that um, there's some errors in there that we've already sent off um, probably, I don't know, a dozen or so misprints, words that were misspelled, something that shouldn't have been there that was there. And, you know, somebody, somebody made the comment that said, hey, you know, your book on the back cover that everybody's gonna look at, uh, it says we've only baptized uh, over 29,000 people. You need to update that thing because we're at 31,000 plus people. And I said, well, the problem with me updating that thing is by next week it's going to be 42,000 people. So I'm going to always have to update. I can't update that much. So we're just going to give them where we were when I started. Uh, well, actually, I didn't start. I, the original print 
that I have on my laptop um, has the number around 15,000. So that wasn't five years ago, obviously, but five years ago I began to write this book because of words of knowledge. That was the intent of the book was just a testimony one after the next um, word of knowledge in action, which is chapter six of the book. That, that was gonna be the whole book was word in action. You know, word of knowledge, knowledge in action and just tell testimonies of, you know, 21 years of full-time ministry traveling and the Lord using me in that gift of word of knowledge. And I just wanted to share people what the Lord was doing. And, and um, there's, nothing, there's nothing glamorous really about that gift. And I'll explain that. Um, because when you are a, let's say you're a prophet, you are declaring something into the atmosphere that has never happened and your words are framing prophetically what the kingdom of heaven is going to establish on earth. You have to be, um, you, really, you really have to be dialed in and, and close to um, Holy Spirit to be able to declare such things so precise, so prophetic. I'm talking about it blows my mind. Some of the things I've heard and seen, these people that would prophesy events, major events, earthquakes, they're saying it's coming, uh, war that's coming, you know, different things like that. And so um, word of knowledge is not that at all. You're not prophesying and framing somebody's future. You're basically just telling somebody through Holy Spirit what, what Holy Spirit is giving you. You're basically just telling them something they already know. You're just confirming something to them. That's all it is. You don't walk away from a word of knowledge going, wow, you know, that's, you walk away from a word of knowledge going, hey, God used a donkey, he's still using donkeys today, basically. That's, that's all it is. It's the Lord finding somebody who'll say, okay, you can use me. That's it. This is what qualifies you for a word of knowledge. Lord, you can use me. And then spending time doing some things that I record in the book we'll talk about tonight, how you can prepare yourself not only to hear from heaven, but to echo what heaven is saying. The Lord desires that. Here's why I believe, um, one, of the, one of the reasons I believe the Lord is using a word of knowledge today is because that word of knowledge gift is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you wanna take some notes, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that talks about um, revelatory gifts, revealed gifts like word of, uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. We talked about um, Solomon's wisdom when he was approached by two women that, they had a child, one child, two women. How many of you know two women can't have one baby? It's impossible. One can, but the other one could be a liar. You know. Well, two women came to Solomon and said, we have an issue. It's my child. Both were claiming the child. How many of y'all were here on the Sunday morning when I preached? I don't wanna have to go back through all of it. Um, okay, so, so basically the two women came and said, it's my child. The other one said, no, it's my child. No, it's my child. And Solomon's like, I don't know. <laughs> kind of caught in the middle here. But the Bible says that Solomon received the wisdom of God in that scenario and in his wisdom says, okay, the only way I know how to get to the heart, the heart of the matter and to really discover who the mother is is to threaten the life of the child. So therefore, give me the baby. I'll take a sword and I'll cut the baby in half. The Bible is savage. Y'all need to read the Bible. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Solomon's like, give me the child. I'll take the sword and I'll sever it right down the middle and I'll split it. How fair is that? <laughs> and, 
And one lady said, absolutely not. Please don't do that. You know, she panicked and please don't give her the child. It's fine. I'll just walk away. And then Solomon knew in his wisdom that was given to him by Holy Spirit from the Lord is that this woman is the true mother because no, no good mother would want any harm to come to her child, right? And so that's how Solomon was able to discover the answer to that, to that question. It was, it was a supernatural word of wisdom. 1 Samuel chapter three. Look at it, verse number one. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. Eli was the priest of this, this, the temple. He was there. Eli was the priest. Samuel was assisting Eli. He was a young boy. So you see the boy Samuel ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. Some of your Bibles may say, your version may say, he was assisting or serving Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days and there was no frequent vision. We talked about this um, um, on that Sunday morning when I was here and I preached. But the word of the Lord was so rare in that day and there was no vision because not only were kings corrupt, not only were kings uh, doing corrupt things and, and um, many kings, the Bible says, did so much harm and damage to the kingdom of God that the Lord was just, just, I mean, he was ready to strike them all dead. He looked at one king and he said, you've done worse than any other king combined. <laughs> That's a bad day from the Lord when he has to look at you and say, you've done worse than all of the ones before you combined. And so because of that, not only the kings were corrupt, but the priests of God were corrupt. Eli, his own sons, um, I don't know if I have any children in the room. Uh, we have a kids ministry and a youth ministry, so nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Uh, I would try to keep it as G as possible. Eli's sons were um, sleeping with the opposite sex outside the temple gate, the temple doors. They were doing some pretty wicked things. And, they and Eli knew about it and didn't do anything about it. That when, when habitual sin is in your life, the voice of God will become rare and don't blame him when you can't hear him. And so, and so there was so much sin and corruption, they, the Bible says there was no, the, the word of God, the word of the Lord was rare. The, the Lord wasn't speaking as frequent as he was, you know, from Genesis on to Moses to 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 Abraham, to, you know, there was just, it was rare. No open vision, okay? No frequent vision. Verse two, at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so they could not see, was lying down in his own place. That is so important. Please underline that. Highlight it if you have to. Put a piece of gum right there to mark it. You have to understand that is so critical in hearing the voice of God. The Bible says Eli was laying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel, watch this, was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. What did the ark of God contain? His presence, all right? So, so, so Eli, the man of God, the priest, is laying down in his own place. But the boy Samuel was laying down in the temple where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. But he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, Eli, Eli said, 
I did not call you. Go lie down again. So he, Samuel, went and lay down again. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went back to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. But he, Eli, said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Just pause right there. I want you to understand what's happening. Eli, the priest of God, is asleep laying down in his own place. He's had enough of the temple. Been serving in that temple a long time. I'm gonna go find my own place. His kids are corrupt, doing things they should not be doing. He knows about it and does nothing about it. So he's laying down in his own place. Samuel, who's a young boy who does not know the Lord yet, who has never heard the word of the Lord, is laying down in the temple where the ark of God, his presence is. So naturally, if God's gonna speak, he's not a ventriloquist. He's gonna speak where he is. Had Eli been in the temple, Eli would have heard and knew exactly because he already knew the Lord. But he wasn't where he needed to be. He wasn't in the temple where he was supposed to be. He was in his own place. He did not hear. He just assumed that Samuel was like daydreaming or sleepwalking. I didn't call you, go lay down. I didn't call you, go lay down. Until, verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived. Then he recognizes, oh, wait. Oh, I better know who this is. Haven't heard from him in a while because he's not heard from me in a while. <laughs> a little drive-by word right there. Verse seven, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So he is innocent because he doesn't know the Lord yet. He doesn't know what the Lord sounds like. He's innocent. It's his first time hearing. So he just hears and he's questioning, who is it? Well, the only one I know is in the house because I don't know the, the Lord yet. The only one I know is in the house is Eli. I guess I need to go to him. Verse eight, and the Lord called Samuel again a third time and he arose and went to Eli. Here I am for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you'll say, speak Lord for your servant hears. In other words, when he speaks again and calls for you, you have to give him permission to continue. Why? Because not everybody wants to hear from the Lord. Just because you're in church does not guarantee you're going to hear from the Lord. Just because you're a born-again believer does not guarantee you are going to hear the voice of the Lord. It's not. It's not a guarantee. He said, go lay down. If he, if he, if he calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant listens. I hear you. So Samuel went and laid down in his place in the temple. And the Lord came and stood. I really don't want to break it verse by verse down, but do you know when you don't respond to the Lord, eventually he will show up? If he's calling for you and you keep denying and denying and denying, he's going to win no matter what. You just need to know that. If he's desperately trying to get to you, notice he wasn't trying to get to Eli. Eli had been around this thing a long time. Eli got, 
He got so full of the temple and so full of church and he had so much church and he had so much religion. He had so much uh, uh, habitual sin in his family that he didn't deal with. Uh, the Lord wasn't speaking to him. The Lord was coming to somebody who's not yet heard his voice and he desperately wants to hear, uh, let his people hear him again. And so he needs to go find somebody who has not yet heard him because everybody else that had heard him was defiling what he said. So he said, I'm not going to speak that way anymore. I will come to you and come to you and come to you, but if you won't hear and you're in habitual sin, I will stop speaking. I'm gonna find somebody who will just be obedient and be willing for me to speak to them and I'll come to them and stand before them if I have to. So he came and stood. He came and stood. This is what he said. Samuel, Samuel, anytime... The first two times he just said Samuel. The second time Samuel. The third time he comes and he stands in front of him. He says it twice, Samuel, Samuel. There's a reason when the Lord speaks, if he, if he, if he doubles up, calls your name twice, says something twice, it means you had better tune in to what I'm about to say. It is vitally important. I'm not just going to tell you something that needs to go in one ear and out the other. What I'm about to tell you is so important, I'm going to say, Samuel, Samuel. How many of you had a, a mama or a daddy that would say, you know, Marty, go clean your room, or, you know, Jeremy, go clean your room, or, you know, Chase, go cut the grass, make sure Brooks is behind you, um, cutting that. But, but if you don't get up and cut the grass, or if you don't get up and go make the bed, or if you don't do, eventually mom and daddy's going to say, Marty, shame. You get the middle name. You get the first name, it's okay. When you get first and middle, run. The next thing that's gonna happen is a flip-flop's gonna be flying through the air or a frying pan or a something's coming. But you, you got Marty Shane. You got first. Did your parents do that? You got the first and middle? You're okay if you just get Marty, but if you get first and middle, it's over. You, you might as well move out, find an apartment, because it means the wrath is coming to you. So he says, Samuel, Samuel, now watch. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. He gave the invitation, Lord, I'm ready to hear from you. Verse 11, then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a new thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew about. Because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Man, I can't get away from that. Listen, habitual sin, sin that you tolerate, eventually you'll keep sweeping under the rug and sweeping under the rug, but eventually, eventually either God's going to expose it or God's going to turn his back and walk away and find somebody else who means business with him. And then typically those people will get mad and blame God. They'll leave the church and blame God. No, because they wouldn't tolerate your backslidden, adulterous self and give you a microphone. Thanks, Corey. I'll keep going. Amen or oh my, I don't know. Thank you. Verse 14, Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. God is saying there is nothing you can do, nothing you can burn on an altar that is ever going to change my mind. What a scary place. There's no grace left for you. 
Samuel lay until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. I guess so. You're the young man, got to come with, thus saith the Lord, and it's not good, Eli. You and your boys are about to perish. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it, what was it that he told you? I'm, I'm barely saved <laughs> sometimes. I would have looked at Eli and say, aren't you the man of God? Shouldn't you know what he said? You're the one that's supposed to represent the kingdom for all the people. Why don't you know? Larry, I'm barely saved. I would have said that. I probably got hit, punched, kicked, something. I don't know. But I just got, I just got enough old rabbit town in me to say, why don't you know? I'm the young kid here. You're the man of God. Why don't you know? Why are you asking me what he said? When you get so disconnected from the voice of God, you have to trust other people. That's why so many of us in, in church today, we are like, we're junkies. I gotta get to the house of God so I can get my word for the rest of the week. God doesn't speak to me on Sunday morning. Heaven forbid the pastor can't preach and they go into a worship set the entire time. If the pastor doesn't preach, my world's a wreck because he's supposed to give me the word of God. No, 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 no. You're supposed to feed yourself on the meat of the word. You're supposed to find your time. But that's, but that's what happens is we depend on that one person, one man, one woman to hear from God and then regurgitate what was said on our behalf like little baby Birds, you know, give us, the, give us the food and, you know, it'll, it'll help me get through the rest of the week. If I can just get through the rest of, rest of the week, if I can just get to church on Sunday morning. How about I get to your word on Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday afternoon? How about find it right there? You know? I mean, I'm just, I don't know. All that, all that from what did he say? <laughs> what, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do to you and more if you hide anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. When you're obedient and when we are obedient with the word of God and do what he tells us to do and we release what he tells us to release, that ongoing dialogue will continue until you get so fed up with the temple or with time with the Lord and start finding yourself your own place. He will continue to speak to you and continue to trust you to use what he gives you as long as you're obedient to say exactly what he told you. That's another key. You need to highlight that. Tell me exactly what he told you. Don't deviate from it. Don't add any salt and pepper to it. Don't try to make it fluffy and cute. Just give me what he said. I think so many times we get people, men, women, Christians, excited and they hear from the Lord and then they put their scent on it. And then when by the time the word is given, the way it should have been given has been diluted to a place where it's lost a lot of its power, whether good or bad. You know, if the Lord tells you to tell somebody, I feel like the Lord is telling me to, to, to give you a word. Is that okay? May I deliver it? 
It's always good to ask for permission. I'm learning. Sometimes I just get excited and I just, you know, with the, with the drive-by and give somebody a word and it's just excitement and I'm learning. I'm growing every day, so give me some grace too. I'll, I'll accept grace. I'll, I need some grace in my own life. But sometimes if the Lord gives me a, a word or gives somebody else a word, you, you say, hey, may I have permission to give you this word? I feel like it's from the Lord. Sure. And the Lord told you to tell them, hey, there's a, there's a, there's a black truck that I'm gonna bless them with. He didn't give you the year model. He didn't give you the interior. So don't, and I'm just giving you an analogy. The Lord's going, if the Lord's gonna give you a black truck, you know, it'll be him. I'm not giving you that word. People are like, I'm getting a black truck. If he gives you that word, don't go up and deliver. The Lord told me he's gonna give you a 1972 Chevy truck, black. It's got tinted windows. It's got this kind of engine. It's got, no, the Lord didn't tell you all that. No, so what happens the next time is when the Lord tries to give you something, wants to get another word to somebody else, he may have to bypass you because you didn't give exactly what the Lord said. It's not just the obedience of delivering, it's obedience of delivering exactly what he said. Do, do you know... I don't believe that we're in a much different place today in 2023 than they were in 1 Samuel chapter three. I really don't. I really believe that the word of the Lord has been rare um, because of, of habitual sin. I mean, if you just go back and look at church history in the past 15, 20, 25 years, the churches and the pastors and the leadership that's getting exposed from habitual sin and hidden things, the Lord said, I, I can't tolerate with that. I, I, can't, I can't tolerate that anymore. I can't deal with that anymore. And so, and so instead of the Lord giving us words and speaking, you know, and, 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 um, and the word of God just being so prevalent, he has to cease and pull back because the church is in the same state that Eli and his house was in. And it's pastors and leadership. So I don't think we're in any different state today in 2023 than they were in 1 Samuel chapter three. But I do believe that the word of the Lord is coming and it's coming just like it did to Samuel, a word of knowledge. He should have never known what was going to happen to Eli. He could not know that had it not been for a supernatural revealed word of the Lord that came to him and told him, go tell Eli this. The reason the Lord is, is, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, I still believe today that the Lord is using these revelatory gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, because as a body, as the church, not this body, the body of Christ at large, is not drawing near enough to his feet to hear him. I've used this scenario and, 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 and it's, just, it's, just, it's just, it's good, it's there, it's, you know, I'm still digging around to get the meat from it, but I have to believe that when Mary and Martha were in the same house as Jesus, Mary's at his feet, worshiping and serving and weeping, and Martha is in the kitchen, cooking and cleaning and whatever she's doing in the kitchen, and she gets so frustrated because she's all about the work of the Lord and not the Lord of the work. Be careful, be careful. 
I want to serve in the church. I want to serve in the church. I want to serve in the church. I want to, I want to be, I want to, uh, oh God, just use me in the church. Use me in the church. Use me, use me, use me. And you get so caught up in the work of the ministry that then you feel like you're used and you leave because people used you. When that was your, that was your ask, that was your request in the beginning. Somebody used me. And then they do and then you get mad because they used me. And it doesn't make sense. They abused me at that church. They used you. You wanted to be used, they used you. You could have said, slow down, back up. I need a break. Anyway. Mary is at his feet. Martha's in the kitchen. It's just common sense. If Jesus whispered, who's going to hear him clearly? Mary. Why? Proximity is everything. Samuel was in the temple. Right by the ark of the Lord. The presence. Eli is way over here somewhere doing his own thing in his own space. When God goes to speak that night, whoever is closest to his voice, the ears that are closest to him are the ones that's going to hear him. So if we want to hear the voice of the Lord, we got to draw near his feet. We got to get to his feet. Got to find his feet. Do you know this this survey was done two years ago, 2021. Only 11% of Christians today claim to read the Bible on a regular basis. 11%. That's the total. That's leadership. That's pastors, shepherds, rabbis. That's, that's 11% of Christians profess to read the Bible. One of the major ways God speaks to us is through his word. I spent years of my life, I'm not even pointing at you, I'm pointing at me. I spent years of my life, Christian, Christian years, from the time I gave my life to, uh, to Jesus in 1993, I went years of going, I'm not hearing him, I don't hear his voice. I was questioning, I know God speaks, I, I know that he speaks, I hear people say it all the time, um, um, God told me to tell you. Or I believe I've got a word for you from the Lord. I never got that stuff. I'm like, either I'm spiritually deaf or God's mad at me or both. Because I'm not hearing him. The reason I wasn't hearing him is because I was not getting here. I was getting in church. I was in church multiple times a week, serving in different ministries, but I was not here, I was in the car with him. I just wasn't looking at his face, watching his lips and listening to what he had to say. I was in the house. He's just in another room. I couldn't hear him. Hearing, hearing the voice of God requires a yes. Do you have to be born again to hear the Lord? No. Do you have to be a Christian to hear, hear God? No. But you have to hear God to become a Christian. Let me explain. The Bible says no man comes unless he is drawn by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, if you've, if you've heard audibly, I love you. I would love to have a conversation with you. 52 years, I have never heard the Lord audibly. I was talking to somebody the other day. They told me I've heard the voice of the Lord multiple times in my life. 
He sat down in my room and spoke to me. Pastor Derek, who's coming Sunday, uh, Sunday night for the revival, he's told me, Marty, the Lord walked in my room and I heard his voice. I've never heard, that's, that's one of the ways you can hear from the Lord. It's, it's all throughout the scripture. That's how the Lord would speak. The Lord can use angels sometime to speak. It's all in my book. He can, he can speak with his audible voice. How many of you have ever heard the audible? Whoo, man, we need to have some conversations because I haven't. But I have heard multiple times in here something so profound and so precise that there's no way I could have ever come up with that on my own. And I'll share some of those in the book and I'll share some here in just a moment before we close. So precise, there's no way you could have ever known that. I'm not that smart, y'all. God can speak through a donkey. He can speak through any of us. He's just looking for a yes, obedience, partnership. That's all he was looking for with Samuel was a yes, and will you do exactly what I tell you to do? Will you say exactly what I tell you to say? He's having to use words of knowledge in this day, I believe, in words of wisdom because most of us aren't getting ourselves to the, putting our ear to the, to the lips of the word. We're not hearing him here, so the Lord goes, okay, if you're not gonna listen here, I'm gonna have to use another venue. I've used donkeys, I've used angels, I've used visions. Pastor Todd had a vision. That's what birthed this entire, I believe, one of the things that birthed this entire outpouring, revival, awakening, whatever you wanna call it, is when he had that open vision, right? Are we seeing what God showed him? 100%. How do you know it's accurate? How do you know a word of knowledge is accurate? If, if it comes to pass, if it, how do you know a prophetic word is accurate? It'll come to pass. If it's not, it's pretty simple. And so um, here's what I love. <laughs> Hearing the voice of God is the absolute greatest invitation mankind has ever known. You don't get called into the ministry unless you've heard from the voice of God. You don't, some of you have heard that you were supposed to move and relocate. You don't, you will never hear that unless you're born again and the Spirit of God has drawn you. You have to, you have to hear the voice of the Lord to be born again. But you don't have to be born again to hear the voice of the Lord. Are you hearing that? Samuel did not even know the Lord, but the Lord spoke to him. Eli, who knew the Lord and was a priest in the temple, did not hear a thing. I love it that Christianity is the only religion where the founder still shows up to the meetings. Muhammad. Think about it. Allah. But when you and I come together in, a, in an obedient form of worship, and invitation to, to partner and co-labor with him, he shows up every time. And not only does he show up, he still speaks. Still speaking. He's still speaking. Yeah. God is, I shared this uh, Sunday morning. I'm gonna share it again. If you're, if you're one of those note takers, write some things down. God is not limited when he speaks. He doesn't have to wait until you're born again. He doesn't have to wait until you've been through 
uh, Caneo Ministry Training Center. He doesn't have to wait until you've got a full-time job and you've got a college uh, education and degrees and, and you have an established family. God is not limited when he can speak to you. God's not limited to when he can speak if you're in church, out of church, at work, at home, uh, or asleep. Why? Because he can speak through dreams. He's done it multiple times. He's still doing it today. I, I, know, I know somebody right now that I, I talk to quite a bit. He said, Marty, I have multiple dreams in one six to seven, eight-hour uh, sleep session. When I go to bed at night, I can have three, like major dreams. Like an entire war <laughs> happened in like 30 minutes. That's how the Lord expedites what he's trying to get to you because when you're asleep, he doesn't have to uh, conflict with anything. He's not struggling to get your attention. So he can just download just tons of information through dreams. He said, I, I, I dream a lot. I dream all the time. I dream multiple things throughout the night. That's how God can speak. He's not limited when he can speak. God is not limited in where. I've said it. You can be in church. You can be at home. You can be in your car. I've had words come to me, um, like words from him, not words of knowledge for somebody else, but words that the Lord would speak to me by reading a billboard. I would read a billboard and the Lord would begin to say things to me off of a billboard. I can listen to music. I can listen to a song. And it's a song I've probably heard three or four hundred times. But this time when I heard it, I guess I was just so dialed in that it spoke volumes to me and it was something that was applying to my life at that time. And it was like the voice of God was actually speaking to me, but it wasn't here, it was just in here. So he's not limited by when he speaks or where he speaks, nor is he limited on how he speaks. He can use animals, he can use pastors, he can use other ministry leaders, he can use children. My gosh, children are just dialed in because they're not so corrupt with all the garbage that you and I have been corrupted with. You know, if we, keep, if we keep filling ourselves with Fox News, CNN, the smut that's, that's out there, it's gonna be tough for the voice of the Lord to penetrate through all that garbage. He's not in competition. He's not gonna be in competition. That's why the Bible says his eyes are looking to and fro to find someone who has a heart bent toward him. Then when he finds that one, he goes, yep, I can use them, I can speak to them, I can trust them. That's, that's, that's good. Here's how, a couple of ways, and it's in the book, here's how, a couple of ways how he speaks. Obviously the written word. Have you ever read something uh, maybe multiple times, but then all of a sudden you read it again and it literally jumped off the page like smacked you across the face a couple of times, went back onto the page and then come back up and like pulled your hair like, I'm trying to tell you something. There, there, there has been moments when I've read one verse, one, two or three words of a verse and those things just kind of start floating. I can't explain it. You probably think I'm weird and quirky, but that's all right. I'm beyond all that now. I'm just going after Jesus with everything I got. I can read it sometimes. It's like the words when I look at it it jumps off the page and then when I look at the wall, it's like those three words or four words are like floating on the wall. You ever been to those places where like 3D images begin to float right there? That's how, you can't touch them. You can see them, but you can't touch them. That's the way it is with the word sometimes as the logos, the written word, becomes the rhema, the revealed word, it just begins to float. And then, oh my gosh, 
And then you see one word in the scripture and it jumps off the page. You're like, whoa, um, harvest. Next thing you know, you, you get in your car, you cut on the radio, 91.5, because it's the most spiritual Christian radio out there. Put on 91.5 and, and the song comes up, thank God for the harvest. And you're like, oh. And then you go home and you're talking to your wife and she goes, hey, I met a girl today. She goes to Harvest International Church over. I'm like, whoa, Harvest. Then you pick up a book and start reading a book that night. And it's like, whoa, Harvest. What is happening right now? The Lord is trying to get something to you. Guess what he's trying to get to you? No, my harvest. <laughs> Not your harvest. He's trying to get it to me. Speak that as a word of knowledge over me. No, he's trying to get a, he's trying to get a message to you. God doesn't use sticky notes anymore. He uses people. He uses donkeys. The Bible says if you won't cry out, the rocks will. I will give a voice to a rock if you don't. He can speak through his written word. He can speak through the audible voice. We've already talked about that. Multiple times in the scripture, he's done that. You, you have lifted your hand and gave a testimony that the Lord has spoken to me through his audible voice. Let me see a show of hands. How many again? I want to. I want to see if, if God has spoke to you audibly. You've heard it. Two, four, six, eight, ten. So probably 15 or so of you guys. Incredible. So you can attest. That's, how, that's one way God speaks. Not the only way. It's not the only way. It's one way. Here's another way. I never, people ask me all the time, especially those who serve in pool one. How many of you have ever served over here at pool one around the steps? So many of you ask me on Monday or Monday at prayer or Wednesday, Marty, when, when you gave that word to that person the other night or that family the other night, that was, that was mind-blowing insane. I was like, I know, that's how God operates. He's mind-blowing. He leaves us perplexed and amazed. How did you know that? I didn't. I'm not that smart. There's no way. It's the Lord just saying, hey, I need a piece of PVC. Is there any PVC around? I need to get some water to somebody. Uh, I'll be the PVC. Use me. Let the water come straight through me. I'll, I will do it, whatever you ask. And listen, it doesn't mean you're super spiritual. It doesn't mean you have no sin in your life or you're just squeaky clean and angels come and put your, you know, trousers on and your jackets on. It doesn't mean that at all. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Sometimes we put leadership and pastors up on this pedestal. God's like, I didn't put that pedestal there. Listen, I'm still, I'm still chasing Jesus just like you. Hello, I'm still fighting battles every day just like you. Can I just be transparent? Some of y'all are like, oh my gosh, he's one of the pastors on the staff here. Good, and I'm transparent as they can be. I'm, I still struggle. I still have to reel back in my anger. I still have to deal with some issues the same as you do. But that habitual sin that used to be in my life, I said, God, kill that, destroy that. I'm sick and tired of that. I refuse to be offended anymore. Y'all saw us get... Y'all saw me and Pastor David right here in front of God and everybody ask for forgiveness from each other because of a six-year death between our relationships. It wasn't a divorce. It was a death. We still, God's still working on me, folks. Hello? But he's looking for a yes, and he's looking for a voice that will say, whatever you tell me, that's what I'm going to speak. And I'm, I'm, I love that. I love that words of knowledge, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's there. 
It's a supernatural download that you would not otherwise have had it not been the Lord intervening in that moment. I'll never forget, we were in Louisiana. Where was I in Louisiana? Where was I? Indiana? I don't know. I think it was in Indiana. It was with Paul Woods. Wherever Paul Woods, Kentucky, Indiana, I don't know. There was a men's breakfast they invited me to come speak at, talk about the revival. They wanted me to show pictures. They wanted me to tell some testimonies. Um, so I did. And as we're in a room of about 50, Roy, there's about 50 men in this room having breakfast. Pastor Derek was there with us. He joined us that morning. He drove in. So I'm standing there and I'm giving testimonies and I'm showing pictures and everything. And uh, all of a sudden at the end, I ask everybody to stand up. I'm getting ready to close and I was just gonna pray. You know, there was no baptisms. There was no baptismal pool. Um, and, and it was a Christian men's, you know, so I, I said, hey, if there's anybody here that doesn't know the Lord, and I gave the, the invitation for people to be saved, and of course, you know, they were all born again, and I said, okay, well, I guess we're done. I'll wrap it up. And all of a sudden, when I began to pray to close out the meeting, I heard tinnitus. Tinnitus, ringing of the ear. So I got done with my prayer, and I said, hey, before I turn the mic over, I'm just wondering, I said, pastor, is it okay if I just share what I believe the Lord gave me as a word of knowledge? He's like, yeah, sure. I said, I just heard the word tinnitus. Is there anybody that suffers with tinnitus? And I have a room of about 50 people. There was a man in the back of the room that stood up and a man at the first table right here at this round table, he stood up. I said, you have tinnitus? He said, both ears, been ringing for 30 years. One in the back said, yeah, probably 10, 15 years, been ringing in just one of my ears, been ringing. I said, okay, put, put your hands over your ears. Maybe it's just me and I know there's a time for laying on of hands, but man, we just get so it's almost like we become groupies. I just want to navigate to that one person because, man, when they pray for me and lay their hands on me, something happens. We got to get out of that super spiritual celebrity Christianity kind of stuff. I told that man and that man, I said, put your hand on yourself. Because what's going to happen when you're in the woods and you accidentally shoot your own leg coming down off that tree and there's no pastor, there's no altar, altar prayer and altar badge around and you got to pray for yourself. We need to educate you and equip you. Pray for yourself. Lay hands on yourself. Well, I said, put your hand over your ears and just pray. We, we prayed and broke that tinnitus off of them. They started clapping. One of them said, oh, my ears, it's not ringing, it's not ringing. And everybody's like, for real? I'm like, well, that's what happened. When God shows up, why do we get surprised? You know why we get surprised, Norman? It's because we've not seen it for so long. Because we've been doing, you know, the, the circus church. Show me the fog and the colored stuff, lights everywhere. And poof, da, poof, da, poof, da, poof. And the pastor comes out and he looks like the rock on steroids. And he's like, and he can preach a phenomenal message, you know, and it's wonderful and all that's great. But the problem, we leave powerless. And so we're dependent on steroid. But anyway, God, Lord, help me. Would y'all forgive me? I'm not saying there's any pastors out there doing steroids that I know of. So I said, okay, well, I guess, I guess we're done. And then all of a sudden I heard Susan. I'm like, Pastor, I'm trying to get this microphone back to you, but I just heard another word. Can I share it? He's like, <laughs> I said, I'm hearing the word Susan. This man, 
the only one in the room, this man at the table who just stood up for tinnitus in both of his ears goes, the Lord didn't tell me if it was a, a, a daughter, a grandmother, a mother-in-law, a worker, a boss, none of that. So all I said was, all I heard was Susan. I didn't put any additional, hey, I believe there's a wife here or a mother. No, I heard Susan. Now watch this. I said, you just stood up for tinnitus. He goes, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Both of them's for me. I said, who is Susan to you? He goes, well, my wife's name's Suzanne. I said, nope, I heard Susan. He goes, well, wait, wait. Her name is Suzanne, but everybody calls her Susan. I said, anybody else in the room? Nope. Okay, we began to pray for his wife. He just began to weep right there. We prayed over his wife. I don't know what was going on with his wife. I don't have to know. All I heard was Susan. That's my, that is as a word of knowledge, as, a, as any leader or pastor, we're supposed to deliver what we hear. That's it. I, I don't have to elaborate. Neither do you. I just heard Susan. The Lord's gonna minister to you. He's gonna do what he needs to do just from the word Susan. We prayed and man, he was just, oh. So I come back and I was like, well, get my stuff and I'm folding everything up. His daddy died a long time ago. I said, Pastor, he's like, yep, go ahead. I said, there's a, there's a man in the room this morning and your father passed away when you were a little boy. Y'all, this man over here, Tinnitus Susan, falls to his knees, puts his hands over his face and begins to wail. The loudest cry hair stood up on my ears. They're standing up right now. He, the Lord just took me back. I can still see him. He's wailing. We didn't move for probably 30 seconds. Other men start pulling out handkerchiefs. They're weeping. When the Spirit of God moves in, tinnitus, Susan, Lost his daddy. Men start weeping. Other ones at the table start coming over and, you know, loving on him and putting their hands on him. I didn't want to assume anything. I just said, who lost your father at an early age? He couldn't even answer. He's wailing so much. But there's another man that walks over to me and goes, that's him. I, that's my best friend. His daddy passed away when he was five years old. He's always talked to me about having, you know, to live a fatherless life. And it's always eat at him because he watches everybody else have a daddy but him. All the other daddies got to go to the ball games and, the, you know, the matches and all the concerts and all the movie, not him. And so, man, we got over there and prayed over that, that, that precious man and, in that situation, and I believe God broke something off of him that day. We're not tied to the results. We're just tied to what the Lord tells us to say. Here, here's, can I give you just a couple of these before we close? Three keys to hearing the voice of God. There's 10, I believe I gave 10 or maybe 12 in the book. I think it was 10. 10 keys to hearing the voice of God. 
There, there, there are things you can do to enhance the voice of God in your life. I believe it with all my heart. There are things we can do to block the voice of God in our lives. There are things you and I can do. If we do those couple of things, there is, there is nothing else we could do in that situation to hear the voice of God until we repent and come out of that. Meaning like habitual sin, you're not gonna hear the voice of, of God clearly for other people. You might hear it for yourself and it may be repent, you know, I don't want you in that adulterous affair. You might hear stuff like that, but you're not gonna get a word of knowledge, word of wisdom. You know, it's gonna be tough to get a small group Bible study curriculum word out of you're sleeping with Susie over here, but you're trying to get a word for your Bible study. God's, God's probably not going to have much grace for that situation to give you a word when you're wrapped up with Betty. Are we, okay. Three keys to hearing the voice of God. Number one, position yourself to hear him if you desire to hear him. Only position yourself to hear him if you wanna hear him. Meaning, there are, there are many times, and, and if anybody's ever served on an altar prayer team, you would know this. Many times people will come to the altar and they'll, they'll tell you what they're there to receive prayer for. And sometimes, not every time, just very few times, the, the moment you start to minister to them, that's already been prayed over me before. Yeah, but, yeah, but you came for prayer in, in this specific area and I was gonna pray over that. no. And then you're dealing with some generational curses or you're dealing with some things. Yeah, I've already been prayed for over for that. Can you come up with something else? But did you really wanna hear him? Because if you don't want to hear him, don't come down here. It may not be what you want to hear, but it's probably what you need to hear because I know the, in this house, we know the prayer and altar workers in this house that are dialed in, spend time in the Word, spend time in Caneo, spend time in their private time, whether you're just in Caneo or, 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 or serving on a ministry team or it all hinges on your quiet time with Him. Because I know pastors that have got stale words before because they've not been spending time with the Lord. So if you don't have that fresh time with the Lord, don't think you're gonna have a fresh word. What you deliver is gonna be stale because your relationship with him is stale. Are we okay, Landon? Is this okay for me? I don't, I don't know. Sometimes people really don't want to hear from him. They, they come to church, you know, the Eastern Christmas crowd, they'll come to church, but they have no intention on hearing him. Position has a lot more to do with latitude and longitude. Position has everything to do with your heart. Where's your heart? Where's your heart posture? If you're mad at your, at your, at your, oh my gosh. If you have anger and offense, it's gonna be very tough with all that toxicity in your body, in your mind, in your spirit to hear from God the way you need to hear from God. This is the way it is. Position yourself to hear him. Posture yourself correctly to hear him. In, in, a, in a quiet time, now, now hear me, in a quiet time with the Lord. Has anybody ever heard it called that? Your prayer time with the Lord called a quiet time? Anybody ever heard it? Let me just say by show of hands, if you've ever heard it called a quiet time. Okay, 
What that means is you and I should be quiet. Because we're, our intention is we're positioning ourselves and posturing ourselves to hear from him. So to hear from him, I need to hear less from Marty. If I'm doing all the talking, something's wrong. Now that's the quiet time. My, my, my intimate time with him, my worship time with him, my worship time with him is anything but quiet. My worship time, my, my, my praise, my, 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 my getting in and, and, and lifting some things up to him, my, my request, that's loud, that's got volume. But I'm talking about the quiet time when you're trying to seek the Lord and hear him for something specific in your family, in your job, in your children. When you need to hear from him, shh. Eli told Samuel, Samuel, if you hear it again, if you hear it again, keep screaming, Samuel. If you hear it again, Samuel, start crying out, Lord, 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 until he speaks. No, he said, shh. Speak, Lord, your servant. Listens. You've got to posture yourself to hear him. And then, and then this is the beautiful thing about word of knowledge. We have to partner with him to receive the word he speaks. Anybody ever been used in words of knowledge? So many of you, you can attest to this. I know I can, for me, maybe it's not that way for you, but it is for me. When the Lord trusts me with a word of knowledge to give to somebody, he will give me grace in about that much space. If I don't deliver that word of knowledge in that much space, in that much amount of time, that word has a, has a shelf life and then the Lord's gonna find somebody else to deliver that word. He's gonna get the word to Susie. I don't know why I keep saying Susie. Maybe because Susan's in my notes. The Lord's gonna do whatever he has to do to get a word to her. He would like to use you. But Josh, if it's in a place where you're just not ready and you got some things going on and you know Marty's living this old side lifestyle that nobody knows about. you know He's got some things going on that he's addicted to and he's like, polished and put together in church, but man, when he, when he goes home, all hell breaks loose. The Lord, is, he's gonna be limited on how much grace he gives to be able to speak into that situation. He'll find somebody else to get the word out. I'll never forget, we were in that pool. It was the Leaders and Pastors Conference probably three years ago, four years ago maybe now, I don't know. It's been a while. And a, and, a, and a couple, a pastor couple got in. Pastor and his wife got in the water. And the moment we ministered to his wife and prayed for her, she floated off to the side and I was left with that pastor and looking up to him. He's, he's a lot taller than me and I looked up to him and the Lord told me to, to share a word of knowledge with him. The Lord said he struggles and he has great fear about losing his memory. He, has, he, he is torm tormented right now. I, I, I don't know anything about this man. I have never met this man in my life. I don't know anything about him. I, I just see him get in the water and the Lord says, tell him he has a deep-rooted fear of losing his mind. And so I'm like, wow, okay. Hey, I feel like the Lord wants me to share something with you. Is that okay? So yeah. I said, the Lord's telling me that you just have this deep-rooted fear of losing your memory and I couldn't finish the sentence. He went, his face almost went into the water. 
And that man stood and wept. and wept. I didn't even finish the sentence. The Lord just began to, as I'm delivering it, anoint the words that's hitting his heart. And before I could finish the sentence, confirmed with him, there's no way this bald-headed guy from Dawsonville knows anything remotely about me. How in the world... He knew it was the Lord and was doubled over, weeping and weeping, tears hitting the baptismal waters. And he stands up and looks around to make sure his wife wasn't there. He said, Marty, you have no idea. He said, I'm one of the sharpest men. He said, I, I, I've always been intelligent. He graduated from a beautiful college over in, I won't tell you where because you probably know who it is. He, he, is, the, he is the head of an entire district of the finances for the entire district. A government official. Sharp, put together. But he said in the past month, three weeks to a month, my secretary will walk in and have a conversation with me and I'm taking notes. And, and the moment she leaves, I get in my car and go home and I could not tell you what we talked about. That's never been me. He said, Marty, what I haven't told my wife is her mother, I watched her mother die brutal torment of dementia and Alzheimer's. And it started happening to me and so much fear hit me. I didn't even tell my wife because I had fear that even if I spoke it, it would happen to me. I haven't told anybody. I said, the Lord's gonna set you free tonight. We prayed over him. Again, I don't know who this man is. I've never met him. That next week, he sends me a text. Can I call you? Pastor Todd gave me your number. I said, call me. He said, oh my gosh, you have no idea. You have no idea. So he told me the whole situation. He said, I get back this week. You know, he called me the week after he got in the water. He said, I got back to the office this week. I'm remembering things that happened six years ago to the, I mean, to the detail. God restored everything in my memory. It's, he said, it's the craziest thing. You don't understand it because I am so intelligent, so detailed. The whole region counts on me for all the details and to the penny and balancing budgets. And, and here I was, I thought I was losing my mind, but God rescued me right there. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Well, stand to your feet. You got time for one more story? This was, um, man, I got so many stories. How about I give you two quick ones? This one's very quick. One night, a girl got in the water over here with her, with her I believe it was with her dad. She got in the water. We were standing there ministering to her dad. Ministered to him. He's floated off or whatever. The Lord's ministering to him. And I turned back to look at her and, and she had not spoken. We had just dealt with the man. She hadn't said a word. We had just asked the, the, the dad his information and you know, went straight into his baptism. And then I turned to her and I said, Skylar. She went, whoa. I said, is it Skylar? She said, no, but it's Sky. Now of all the words in the English dictionary, I think about it. Schuyler. 
It was close. But do you know I went home for the next three or four days? I was like, Lord, how did I miss it? How did I miss it? Lauren, most people would have been satisfied with that. It's close. Skylar, Sky. I asked her, I said, is it, is it short for Skylar? She said, no, it's just Sky. S-K-Y-E. And for three to four days, Lord, I want to know, how did I miss it? And the, and the chase, the, the enemy would whisper to me, hey, it's close enough. I said, it's not exact. I will, I have got to be, I don't have to be, I want to be, I desire to be so dialed in that when he speaks, it is precise. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing added to. So for three or four days, Lord, how did I miss it? And he began to show me. You know, when you ask him and talk to him, he will answer you. He said, because of this. I'm like, Lord, Lord, I'm just watching some TV shows. It's not like it's, it's silly shows. It's like, you know, I don't even know, just silly stuff. Like watching the Hawks game or watching. He's like, yeah, I know, but it's entertainment. Is it drawing you closer to me? I said, no. Does that mean you can't watch TV? Watch all the TV you want. I'm working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. For me. He said, that's the, that's the reason. I said, but Lord, there's nothing wrong with watching a basketball game. He goes, no, you know, you're exactly right. But it's not getting you closer to my voice. It's not getting you dialed in. Do you want to be dialed in or you want to be dumbed down with entertainment? We had that conversation. Me and him had that conversation. I, listen, I still watch TV. Don't, don't hear, oh my gosh. He wakes up and he's in the Word 24-7. No, we still watch TV. But I know that it's a cost. I know it's a cost. Does that mean you can't ever listen to anything or watch it? Nope, nope. Hear what I'm saying. If you want to be dialed in, there is, there is an absolute price to pay. Last one. We're, we're in the water. We're baptizing. It's about 10, 30, 11 o'clock one night. It's getting late. And I hear arrhythmia. Arrhythmia. That is so not on my radar. <laughs> arrhythmia. I don't know. Arrhythmia. I'm like, okay. That can't be the Lord because I don't know much about any of that. The Lord's like, I didn't ask you to know about it. I didn't call you to be a heart surgeon. I just said arrhythmia. Where'd you get all that other stuff? So I let two people go by in the baptistry. Didn't mention it. After about the third one, here it comes again. Arrhythmia. I'm like, whoa, man. Ah, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> I'm asking the Lord if he's sure. <laughs> Lord, are you sure? There's like four or five people that came through the water. I did not deliver that word. But I kept hearing until the last one. One person just got floated out. Here comes the next one getting ready to come down the steps around the corner. And this time I heard aortic arrhythmia. Y'all, I don't even know if there's such a thing. Medical field, is there such a thing as aortic arrhythmia? I don't have a clue. Kinda. See, I'm like aortic arrhythmia. And so I knew that the Lord was saying, this is the last time I'm gonna say anything. It's the Samuel Samuel moment. If you don't respond now, I'm done with you. So the next person that came around the corner, he comes and he walks toward me and I said, arrhythmia. He said, oh my God, how'd you know? I said, is it arrhythmia? He goes, yeah. 
My heart's beating at 160 beats per minute. Uh, I don't know, medical stuff, I don't know. It was fast. And he's like, it's out of rhythm, arrhythmia, it's out. And I, and I just told the, I just told him, I, I, I got some issues with my heart. I didn't even mention arrhythmia. I told him back there in the back, in the, in the baptismal hallway. I was talking to some people from, you know, out of state. And y'all know we don't have earplug or uh, microphones or any of that stuff. And I said, that's the Lord confirming to you that he's going to heal you tonight. So we prayed over him, anointed him, baptized him. He goes to the doctor that next week or whatever it is. He comes back to a prayer night. He goes, hey, guess what? I did my checkup. That thing's back in rhythm. I said, how long has it been out? Oh, a long time. Tears coming down his face while he's in here because he's worried that his heart's going to explode or something, I guess. And the Lord healed. He got healed. Because, because, because the Lord is telling that young man, I know where you are. Has nothing to do with the delivery boy or delivery girl. Has nothing to do with us. It's the Lord confirming to his people, I'm here. The man with tinnitus and Susan and your daddy died. The Lord's just saying, by the way, I feel your pain and I'm here. That's all it is. That's all it is. So there are things we can do to absolutely hear his voice clearer. There's absolutely things we can do to block his voice. We need to know what it is. We need to know what keeps us from hearing you. And what can I do on my part to draw so near to you that if you whisper, I got it. I want to be that close. Anybody else want to be that close? Let's lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, you still speak today. You still love us enough to speak to your children. Lord, we declare and decree this is not the day where the word of the Lord was rare. This is not the day where the word of the Lord is rare. This is not going to be the day nor the people group that are found where the word of the Lord is rare. Rare. We are going to put ourselves in a proximity that is close to you. We're going to partner with you, co-labor with you. Whatever you say and speak, we're going to release it. We are going to echo everything that heaven says to us. Verbatim, word for word. Speak, Lord. Your servants listen. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Be blessed. Love you guys. We'll see you Sunday morning. Amen.